And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to Don't, Don't Get, Get Us Started. Started. Tonight, we're going to do uh, a little something different to start our show, and I'm kind of, in a way, I sort of want to apologize, because this is not going to be a real up subject, but it is something that's very near and dear to our hearts, especially to Lacey, yes. um, who was online today and came across a really disturbing piece of information that we're going to share with you and uh, give you our... Not the whole show. No, no, and not the whole piece of information either. But uh, And then we want to present the other side of the coin, yes. so to speak. Um, anyhow, I forgot to say, <laughs> I'm Miss Sadie Burbank. And I'm Lacey Montoya. There you go. And uh, we're... Here in the beautiful downtown Apple Valley, once again in the uh, living room with the fans going. Because it's, it's really so humid. Hot, sticky day. Thunder. Hot. Clouds outside. No freaking rain. No rain. Just a lot of threats. Yeah. Uh, and so we're gonna, we're gonna get through this first part. Then we're gonna take a little bit of a break and, and, uh, recover ourselves. This is getting to sound more and more ominous <laughs> by the minute. Uh, and then we're going to come back and hopefully have uh, a cheerful end to our podcast. Yes, so, this letter we're about to read, so it fucked me, yeah, so if, I wanted to get off my chest. If you don't want to get pissed off, then you might want to hang up and listen no, to No, I don't really think we're going to get pissed off. It's now, just actually, I, I, would like, I would like everybody to know about this, whether, whether you are... Uh, we're going to be speaking about autism. Yeah, whether you're directly involved or know anyone who's directly involved with the syndrome of autism or not, uh, we think it's an important, uh, bit, it's going to be an important bit of understanding of, uh, becoming more enlightened about people with disabilities. It's not going to go away, so we kind of need to learn about it. I myself have a nephew who has autism, mm -hmm. and he's on the high end of the spectrum. Um, Be my meaning, meaning he is non-functional. He doesn't talk. Mm -hmm. He's not potty trained and he will be 13 in January mm -hmm. and he does a lot of stimming, which means that they do body movements. They'll flap their arms or hit their chest or just bounce. Just, they can't sit still. And I asked my son, who's also autistic, how can you do that? And he says, because I have to. He goes, if I don't, I feel inside I'm going to explode. It somehow helps to circumvent it, the input that yeah. they're getting. It gives a little bit of a release. Right. But with Jaden, we kind of, with him being verbal, we can. That's your son. Yes. Okay. We, we can have him go to different direction instead of the stimming. Right. Um, we get him to do his energy some, some other way. And he will let you talk him down a little bit, too. I know David has yes. said that. He does allow you to. 
help him refocus yes. instead of stemming. I yes. know that uh, the the day that you guys had the Vegas car problem and all, uh, yeah. he got upset about uh, something, and David got him to focus on a fly. Yeah. And it totally worked, got him off the stemming action and on. Okay, well, let's let's save some of that for, for later, and let's get to the thing that, that got you so upset yes, off the letter. This uh, was posted on the Internet, uh, <clears throat> and it's about uh, a situation that happened in Ontario, Canada. The police there are aware of the situation. There was a hateful letter that was reportedly sent last week to uh, a resident of Newcastle, Ontario, which is just west of Toronto. This resident, is uh, it says she hosts... Her 13-year-old grandson, I presume what that means is she lets the son, grandson stay with her during uh, summer days. But I don't know why. It doesn't say. It doesn't matter. This is, these are excerpts uh, from the Internet of the letter. And I'm quoting. I also live in this neighborhood. This is a letter I that wasn't gonna do this. this letter was received from the gra- to the grandmother yeah. from yeah. a next door right. neighbor or somebody on their block. Right. And I was not going to cry when I read this, and I'm not going to cry because it's important that they hear this. I also live in this neighborhood and have a problem. Several exclamation points after that. You have a kid that is mentally handicapped, and you consciously decided that it would be a good idea to live in a close proximity neighborhood like this, question marks, several of them. You selfishly put your kid outside every day and let him be a nothing but a nuisance and a problem to everyone else with that noise-polluting wailing Mm -mm. he constantly makes, several exclamation points. That noise he makes when he is outside is dreadful, in capital letters, several exclamation points. It scares the hell out of my normal children, exclamation points. Again, I am quoting from this letter. Crying babies, music, and even barking dogs are normal sounds in a residential neighborhood, exclamation points. He is not, in capital letters, followed by several exclamation points. He is a nuisance to everyone and will always be that way, several exclamation points. Who the hell is going to care for him? There must be at least ten question marks after that. No employer will hire him. No normal girl is going to marry slash love him. And you are not going to live forever! Exclamation points. They should take whatever non-retarded body parts he possesses. Oh my God. And donate it to science. What the hell else good is he to anyone? Exclamation point. This is somebody's baby, somebody's love it, of their let's, life. Let's, let's, let me finish. You had a retarded kid deal with it properly. Exclamation points. What right do you have to do this to working people? Exclamation points. I hate capital letters. People like you who believe just because you have a special needs kid, you are entitled to special treatment. God, in big letters, exclamation points. Go live in a trailer, 
in the woods or something with your wild animal kid. Nobody wants you living here, and they don't have the guts to tell you, exclamation points. Do the right thing and move or euthanize him. Either way, we are all better off. Okay, that's the letter, and as you can tell, it was not easy for me to read, and I don't have an autistic child. I don't have a child with special needs. My children were blessed with health and are grown, and their children are blessed with health and are grown. But Lacey is in a different category than I am insofar as you have not only a child with special needs, you have a nephew with special needs, and you have learned so much more about being the parent of a child with special needs than I will ever be able to fathom. If you can, without just ranting, right? Give us some feedback on this. This what what what? If you'd gotten this letter, how do you think you would have reacted? I can't say on air because then they'll put me in jail. <laughs> I get that. I totally get that. Yeah, I I kind of have to agree with you there. I think I'd be tempted to look for something blunt and sharp. Or yes, <laughs> blunt and sharp is sort of a mixture there but it either would do something blunt and heavy or sharp and pointy but then what i'm assuming the noises this child was making he was just stimming like i said flapping the arms and yeah we don't know why the grandmother puts him outside right? maybe as i pointed out off off uh microphone to you maybe the grandma puts him outside because something inside makes him stem more we don't know overstimulated because, yeah it's possible i mean she's watching her stories or you know whatever the hell Something may, it may Usually be Usually when they're stimming, if they're overstimulated, right. or they're trying to say, hey, I need a drink of water, but they can't, can't use their words, can't and they get said. so frustrated, yeah. it comes out as noises, or of the flapping, the stimming. Right, or yelling or screaming yes, if he's really because upset. they're frustrated. you got to yeah. understand how... Like when you forget a word, you're like, shit, what's that word? Right. You gotta read. Or we these, go Google it and yeah, find out what the word these is. These kids yeah. and young adults. They can't. They don't have that ability. Yeah. So it comes out differently. Yeah. Maybe, and I, we don't know this because we're not given this information in anything that accompanied the article online. Just the letter but, from the neighbor. Right. And, and responses from other, uh, people who online have read this and were, right. were upset by it. But we don't know how much experience the grandmother has with the child. The child's 13. Yes. And he visits her in the summertime, apparently has but done. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter if grandma's experienced with it or not. I'm a mother of yes. an autistic child and everything, every day is different. But my point is this. If, if I were to take care of my autistic grandchild mm -hmm. and I didn't understand stemming, and its origins and its causes, right. I might not know what the proper thing to do is either. Right. So what I'm saying, suggesting is the possibility that grandma doesn't necessarily know, uh, although you would think since she at least has done this yeah, one, we don't more know, than one time. We don't know their side of the story. We don't know their side of the story. We don't know whether she knows how to deal creatively and effectively with 
whatever is upsetting him at the time. And apparently, from the what little intelligible comment there was in the letter, and there was damn little of it, but what little comment there was, apparently this has occurred on more than one occasion. Yeah, it sounds that way. It sounds that way. So, And so Grandma he, could try to keep a uh, grandson in the house, like with my nephew. He loves to be outside. Of course. Why he not? Will, All kids like to be yes. out, especially in the summertime. Yes. Why not? But, uh, you know, he will have a fit because you won't let him outside if it's raining right, or whatever, and right. he wants to go. Right. And, and, again, we don't know if he's, like, running around in the yard screaming and hollering. We don't know. Uh, and, and I am by no means, before anybody gets a misconception, I am by absolutely no means trying to find an excuse for this letter because, in my opinion, there, isn't there one. is no excuse for this letter. Uh, if it would be one thing if the, the letter writer, who, by the way, was too spineless to admit to who they a were, coward. um, it would be one thing if that person went to the grandmother and yes. said, you know, this is really bothering me. Can you help me understand what's going on here? Yes. And, you know, I'm sure that grandma could at least explain that what he was has going autism on. Right. and so on. And, you know, that to me, that would be sort of a creative way of dealing with the problem. But, but to be euthanized? To, well, that, and you know, to that, live was in a trailer that was only one suggestion. In the woods? That the, where he doesn't need to yeah. be part of society? Obviously, this person is unenlightened possibly uneducated. In fact, uh, because you did hear me actually read verbatim what I was seeing, you may have detected the fact that there were several grammatical errors in the letter. So I would say that the level of education of this person could be questionable. Uh, and we all know that enlightenment comes with education. At least those of us who are enlightened and educated know that. But what is she teaching her normal yeah. Children. Well, I don't know. See, there's, you know, there's normal and, and then there's... What is normal? Normally uneducated, normally ignorant, normally stupid, normally insensitive, normally, uh, I don't know, you know, what, what's normal? You're not normal, I'm not normal, no. nobody's normal. No. Average, perhaps, uh, but even then, uh, average only pertains to a very small circle of people. Yeah. You know, this, this group of people here in this room's average for this group of people in this room. Right. But the guys next door, not so much, okay? Because yeah. the guys next door are different than yes. we are. So everybody's not normal. Everybody's not average. Uh, if we're all normal, what a boring world this would be. But uh, to, to further support our contention that, uh, and, and we are about to express that contention, that, Individuals with disabilities uh, can and frequently do bring so much more to the table than individuals such as the one who wrote that scathing piece of bullshit. We are presenting as evidence of that fact several people to whom we would like to draw your attention. Did I say that backwards? Anyhow, we'd like you to know about these people, if you don't already. The first one we'd like you to know about is Temple Grandin. Oh, I love her. Temple Grandin was born August 29, 1947, in Massachusetts, which doesn't matter. Uh, she was diagnosed with autism at the age of two in 1949. 
Diagnosed and labeled with brain damage at that early age, she was placed in a structured nursery school, which she considers to have been good teachers, or had good teachers for her. Uh, her mother spoke to a doctor who suggested speech therapy and hired a nanny who spent hours playing with Brandon and her sister. She suffered from, excuse me, delayed speech development. That's usually a sign of autism. Began speaking at the age of four. I also had a very close and dear friend who had a Ph.D. in chemistry and was a professor of chemistry for more years than I care to admit or more than she would care to admit. And she didn't start talking until she was five. So that may or may not necessarily indicate anything. Right, but that's okay. one of the signs. That is that, one of the signs. Yes. Um, she uh, had uh, de developmental guidelines anticipate a vocabulary of 8 to 10 words at eight, age 18 months. Uh, Grandin considers herself lucky to have had supportive members, mentors, I'm sorry, from primary school onwards. She had a very unpleasant time in high school. She was considered the nerdy kid. Everybody ridiculed and bullied her. When, her, when she walked down the hallways at school, her fellow students would taunt her by calling her tape recorder because she would repeat to herself constantly. She says she can laugh about that now, but it very it hurt her very much at the time. I'm sure it did. Temple Grandin is an American doctor of American science, of animal science, I'm sorry, and a professor at Colorado State University. She's a best-selling author, autistic activist, and consultant to the livestock industry. She also created the Hug Box, a device to calm autistic children, possibly when they're stemming. Yes, when they're feeling overwhelmed and overstimulated. Right. She was, is the subject of an award-winning biographical film, Temple Grandin, which was put out in 2010. She was listed in the Time 100 list of the 100 most influential people in the world in the heroes category. Go back to the hug box. In her movie, she was ridiculed by the school. Um, they were saying it was sexual. Oh. Because of the contraption she made. Oh. And they just didn't understand. Of course they didn't. Or they wouldn't have said it. Alright, here's another. And I'm pretty sure you would all recognize this name. Mr. Bill Gates. Bill Gates is widely reported to display many personality traits characteristic of the condition known as Asperger's Syndrome. And I apologize for the rattling of papers. Asperger's is the, leading, the least disabling form of autism, and research is beginning to show that it may account for the presence of some special capabilities in areas like mathematics, computer science, and engineering. But the same genes may also create a person who is socially awkward easily distracted, very introspective, and in many ways withdrawn and solitary. Doesn't seem to have hurt Bill Gates too much. No. Nor his bank account. No. <laughs> Helen Keller 
was born with the ability to see and hear. At 19 months old, she contracted an illness described by doctors as an acute congestion of the stomach and brain. I should say, actually, that Helen was born in the 1800s. That may help explain some of this. I didn't really mention that. Right. For those of you who do not know who Helen Keller was, most of this information we're giving you, by the way, is available on any good computer with or without Google. I use Google. You use Yahoo. I use Google. Whatever. Anyway, she had what the doctors described as acute congestion of the stomach and brain. I love that. It's so widespread. So sickeningly vague, which might have been their interpretation or what they were looking at. Well, you got to think that was a long time ago, so medical technology wasn't. Right. What they were looking at may have been scarlet fever or meningitis. The illness left her both deaf and blind. At the time, she was able to communicate somewhat with the six-year-old daughter of the family, Cook, who understood her signs. At the age of seven, Keller had more than 60 home signs to communicate with her family, which I find really interesting because uh, there wasn't anyone to teach her those things. No. She taught herself that. Uh, a fact which, if you've ever seen The Miracle Worker, which is uh, a movie made about Helen Keller's life, that never gets mentioned either. No? It never gets, uh, you think attention be... never gets made. I mean, they show her using signs that she used for, like, her mother and mm-hmm. so on, but they never really point out the fact that, that nobody taught her that. Right. She taught herself that. In any case, uh, in 1886, Keller's mother was inspired by an account in Charles Dickens' American Notes, which was written in 1842. It was uh, about the successful education of another deaf and blind woman named Laura Bridgman. I, I, you and I were talking about this, Lacey, before we started our podcast tonight, and I I mentioned I found it fascinating that in 1842, Charles Dickens wrote an account of the education of a deaf and blind woman, and 44 years later, Helen Keller's mother picks it up, reads it, and finds a a bridge to sanity for the whole family out of it. It just blows me away. In any case, uh, inspired by Dickens' book, uh, Helen Keller's mother sent Helen and her father to a doctor who was an, uh, an ear, nose, and throat specialist in Baltimore for advice. And he referred them to Alexander Graham Bell, who was at that time working with deaf children. I believe, too, if I'm not mistaken, Alexander Graham Bell's wife was also deaf. But I only think that because I saw it in a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could or not be true. I'm not positive on that issue, so don't hold me to it. Bell advised them to contact the Perkins Institute for the Blind, where the director of the school uh, asked a former student, 20-year-old Annie Sullivan, to herself visually impaired, to become Keller's instructor, which... Uh, uh, if you've seen the movie, you know she did do. Yes, I'm anxious to see it. So I'm going to have yeah, Dean to look for it's, it. Me. It's, uh, it's 
mostly what it is is it's about how Anne Sullivan taught Helen the meaning of words. If you can imagine just for a minute that you have a child who neither sees nor hears, how do you explain to that child what anything is? I it has can't. to be phenomenally difficult. Yes. In any case, uh, that's basically what the movie is about, was what she went through to teach Helen that there were names for things. Now, she's teaching her, has to be teaching her with Braille. Well, but she had to teach her first why Braille existed, because uh, the child didn't know that there were names for things. She didn't know there were words that meant the names for things, and she didn't know there were letters that made up the words that meant the things. Right. So it was a monumental task. Right. In any case, Keller went on to become a world-famous speaker and author. She was an advocate for people with disabilities, a suffragist, and a pacifist. If you're not sure what those things are, look them up. She founded the uh, Helen Keller International Organization, which is devoted to research in vision, health, and nutrition. She helped to found the American Civil Liberties Union, known as the ACLU. She visited some 40-odd countries with Annie Sullivan, uh, several times going to Japan. She became a favorite of the Japanese people. Keller met every president of the United States, from Grover Cleveland to Lyndon Johnson. She was friends with many famous figures, including Alexander Graham Bell, Charlie Chaplin, and Mark Twain. She also wrote a total of 12 published books and several articles. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Later in life, in September 1964, President Lyndon Johnson presented her with the Presidential Medal of Freeman, of Freedom, I'm sorry, the Presidential Medal of Freedom one of the United States' two highest civilian honors. And in 1965, she was elected to the National Women's Hall of Fame in the New York World's Fair. And our last example of reasons to be supportive and uplifting of individuals with needs that are extremely different from our own would be Lawrence Kim Peak, Also known as? In a minute. Okay. He was known as a mega savant. He had an exceptional memory, but he also experienced social difficulties, possibly resulting from a developmental disability related to the congenital brain abnormalities he suffered. He was the inspiration for the character of Raymond Babbitt, played by Dustin Hoffman in the movie Rain Man, which you may have seen. And if not, I suggest you rent it and see it. Yes. Because it's really good. And it's a lot of fun, too. Uh, even though it deals with a um, a sensitive subject, it deals with it in a very creative way, I believe. I do. Yes. And uh, it um, it doesn't make fun of 
more than it makes light of yes. the situations that he dealt with and that his family dealt with. He was born in Salt Lake City in, with macrocephaly. Macrocephaly, I'm sorry. I, I know how to say that word. I don't know why I mispronounced it. Uh, he had also damage to the cerebellum and some other parts of the brain that it's not important for you to know about here. It was a condition in which the bundle of nerves that connects the two hemispheres of the brain was missing. In his case, secondary connectors were also missing. So he didn't have a backup brain plan, as it were. There is speculation that his neurons made unusual connections due to the absence of the ones that he needed that weren't there, which resulted in an increased memory capacity. According to his father, Kim was able to memorize things from the age of 16 to 20 months. He read books, memorized them, and placed them upside down on a shelf later to show that he had finished reading them. This was a practice he maintained all his life. Yes. He could speed read through a book in about an hour and remember almost everything he had read, memorizing vast amounts of information in subjects ranging from history and literature, geography and numbers, to sports, magazines, music, and dates. He could read two pages at once, one with each eye. That's amazing. I can read one page with both eyes. Amazing. He became a Hafiz after reading the Koran in 10 minutes. I had to look that word up. A Hafiz, and I hope I'm saying it properly, is, according to Muslims, a person who has completely memorized the Koran. He read it in 10 minutes. And memorized it. And memorized it. That can't have been an easy thing to do. For him, yes. Yeah, for him, yeah. Not so much for me. No. So those are a few examples of people that had special needs, special disabilities, special problems. And, yeah, they were dealt with uncreatively a lot in in their lives, sometimes just through ignorance and sometimes through uh, aggressive bullying and, and, uh, rage and anger and misunderstanding. Uh, and there are people in the world today who are trying still and will hopefully continue to try to reach out to individuals like this. Usually with autism, they mm-hmm. grasp onto one main subject. Who does? Usually people with autism. Okay. So like um, Temple Grandin, hers was animals. Right. My son is electronics, computers, right. video games, that right. sort of stuff. Right. They usually grasp and they learn as much Something. as they can right. on that one subject. That's their thing. They still learn the other subjects, yeah. but they run with one subject. How is that different from what you did as a child or what I did as a child? We all do that. We yes. all find something that we like in life. And we all zero in on that. We have to take in the input of other stuff. But our main love is whatever. Right. So that's... They, me, they usually go like with my son. what they would call normal. That yeah. seems very normal to me. You can ask Jaden, when was the first time Mario Brothers featured on the Mario Brothers game? And he'll tell you. Mario Brothers, yeah. Yeah. So he's got a good memory. Yes, he does. Okay. We're, we're, uh, advocating 
the Autism Society, uh, in this case, of the Inland Empire. I understand from, uh, from information from Lacey that there is an Autism Society almost everywhere. Yes. In the country, at yes. least. And, uh, at least that's the United States. I don't know outside of the United States. Well, I've States. never been outside the United States, so I'm I, not sure. I don't know, but I'm sure that individuals, because we do have many listeners that are outside of our yes. country. We have listeners in Australia, Germany, Mexico. We have all sorts of listeners, all sorts of places. They can probably Google places. it and see if they have one in their community if they need the help. Yes. And if not, I'm sure that, uh, it's possible to get more information about the work that these societies do provide so that possibly you could be instrumental in in uh, bringing them to your area. They are moving up to our high desert area Yay. soon and they provide among other things free services and resources to families that are affected by autism uh, and and you know your own self Lacey that there are so many needs not just uh, for understanding and dealing with uh, a child with autism but also, in terms of medication that may be necessary, which is almost always ridiculously expensive. Yes. Uh, and, and yet it helps. It helps, uh, Jaden, I know, from well, watching Well, the medicine him. is not for autism. His medicine no. he takes is for ADHD. Right. Hyperactivity. Which is part of his syndrome. Is no. Is it not? It's not. No. Oh, he's Although so autism and ADHD, in the cases I've heard, seem to fall hand in hand. Yeah. They are two separate. Oh, okay. All right. So there you go. Yeah. We can have hyper. We can have. This is true. ADHD. There are ADHDs mm-hmm. who do not have autism. Yes. This is true. But for whatever reason, it seems autism and ADHD fall hand in hand. Okay. So and the medication, medication my son is on is for his ADHD, not for autism. Okay. Okay. I don't believe there's any medicine for autism. At this point. No. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully there'll be enough people because we know that the incidence of autism seems to be growing. The, the diagnosis, if I'm not mistaken, I saw a really frightening number. Where was that in this article? Um, that article, I believe it said 1 to 75. Yeah, I believe it did say something like that. I know it was less than 1 out of 100 individuals are diagnosed with autism these days because we're beginning to recognize now what we see in children with autism where yes. uh, where before 50 years ago they did not necessarily uh so you know people say well gee how come it's so much more now than it was 50 years ago uh and the answer is very simple ago, 50 years ago they didn't know what they were looking at and they can been misdiagnosed and you know because who was it in 1942 was diagnosed temple grandin yeah was yeah. diagnosed. But they didn't all know. I, I promise you that because when my children were born, uh, I knew people who had children who were what we would have called misbehaved. Yes. And uh, they may or may not have been uh, suffering from autism or Asperger's or some other sort of, of developmental problem that right. may have caused them issue. My oldest son uh, has uh, dyslexia, and at the time he was uh, diagnosed, he was a first grader, and I'd never heard of it. I had yes. no idea. It scared the hell out of me when the do- when the teacher, uh, actually, his first, God bless his first grade teacher, he said, uh, I think he has a problem, mm-hmm. and I think you should take him to an ophthalmologist, and I was just dumbfounded. I had no idea what he was talking about, right. but I did it anyway. 
and took him, and sure enough, he was diagnosed as dyslexic. And when the doctor demonstrated for me what my son was up against and how he uh, dealt with his uh, inability to carry with him his sense of left and right was mm-hmm. basically how the doctor described it to me, uh, I gained a whole new appreciation for many of the things that my son had been doing that could have been misconstrued as uh, behaving badly his unwillingness to yes. follow directions and so on and actually it's funny because the first time i noticed it uh before it was right about the same time that the teacher mentioned it uh the kids were downstairs in their den in our den and uh the television was on and they wanted to watch uh, howdy doody or something and so i uh said to the older child i said it change the channel to number 13 or whatever and he just kind of looked at me funny and i said it's you know the big dial up there on the on the right hand side of the tv honey turn it to the left two numbers uh-huh. and he just looked at me like you're talking i was from mars yeah his littler brother three years his junior gets up goes over and turns the channel right and when that happened i went holy fuck my kid doesn't even know what's going on with left and right, right. here and it wasn't two days later that his teacher had mentioned this problem, and that's when I learned. You know, and I remember crying to the ophthalmologist and going, what did I do wrong? I remember teaching him when I when he was a baby and we'd put his pants on. I'd say, let's put your left foot in and your right foot in and right. all that happy horse shit. And he said, there wasn't anything wrong with what you did. You did everything right. You just didn't know that his connectors in his brain hadn't developed yet because right. the visual connectors that carry the information to the brain are the last thing to develop in a human according to this ophthalmologist and his had not developed yet and so when you were teaching him left and right he wasn't learning it he wasn't ready to learn it yet by the time he physically was ready to learn it you were taught him so that's another example far less uh, significant in impact on a person's life, certainly, than autism or Asperger's or uh, blindness or deafness or any of the other things that the people we've talked about today have have dealt with. But I think I think what the moral of the story. Yeah, I think what Lacey and I want everybody to get out of this is be uh, understanding, be tolerant. Um. Learn, educate yourself. Uh, because autism is not going to go away. None of these are going to go away. In my household, we don't use it as a Band-Aid. We don't use autism as no, a Band-Aid. No. Jaden gets treated like my daughter. Yep, he does. Um, I, treat, I try to treat him like I do There's no special treatment. No. I do pick my battles with Jaden. Um, because if I were to fight every battle with Jaden, I would not be sitting here talking to you. Yeah, I'd be in a nursing home banging my head. You'd, you'd be in a hug box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we don't use it as sympathy. We don't use it no. as a card with school. And you don't, and you don't want anyone else to. I know that from being no. here. I know, I've known that from the beginning. Uh, I'll tell you, my son has autism. Been very matter of fact. So that'll be, in, if you see him acting what's not normal, uh-huh. you have a little bit better understanding. But I don't yeah. want it as a sympathy card because I have no sympathy. You There's no, I don't, don't want, sympathy. no, I don't want sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. There's no sympathy. My son is normal. My son is a very smart, intelligent young man. 
and may someday uh, find his name. And he on might the computer uh, someday too. Make Bill Gates run for his money. Bill Gates, yes, he may indeed. Uh, and so, like I said, people, what we're what we're really hoping that you get out of this, if you didn't already know this, uh, cut some people some slack. And you know, I don't even really care if it's people that are disabled or not. If you if there's somebody in your life that that is pissing you off and and bothering you and 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 you internalize it like the author of that letter did and and make it sound like they were setting out to really piss just you off try to stop and think for a second why that might be happening and just take i don't know 10 breaths and turn around and smile and walk away or something because you just don't know what's going on you don't know what's going on or go knock on. on the door and say can i ask you a question or or if you're brave enough to ask them or maybe dumb enough maybe they don't want to tell you that's okay. But Usually, the, the point, people with autistic, we're willing to well, explain to you. But I'm not talking about autistics now. Now I'm talking about anybody. Right. If if there's somebody that is that you're bothered by, just you know, let it. Just try to remember that you don't know what's going on in their head. Have patience. That's all we're saying. We're going to take a little bit of a break right now. Compose ourselves, try to get back onto a more cheerful, uh, track and, uh, and give you guys a chance to listen to a commercial message. Yes, we'll, we'll be, right be back. back. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18, but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. 
visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra $10, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. Okay, we're back, folks. We're back. And thanks very much for your letting us take a break. We appreciate it. We really needed that. Yes. David's in the room giving his lovely wife a hug and a mooch. Say hello. And a hello. They don't get to see each other all that much. It's Tuesday night. <laughs> Still hungover from yesterday, aren't you? Oh, hey, we had a good show last night. We did have a good show last night. We did have. We're going we're gonna, to... Uh, oh, thanks. Now the dog, that just, was the, dog. the dog just went through and kicked the mic. I there have a yellow go. lab. His name That's is Cody. Okay. If it wasn't me, it would be the dog. I, somebody's going to kick the mic all night long. How have you been this week? How have I been this week? Let me think. How have I been this week? I've been pissed at the weather. But me then, too. I know, want rain. I, I know. We keep getting all these uh, thunderstorms that never dry. pan out. Well, actually, we shouldn't say that because less than 20 miles from us, they did get flooded. Well, just, okay, I yeah. live on one end of town. The other town got, other end of town right. got flooded. Right. We did get some rain at my house. Whatever. I actually saw drops of rain on the sidewalk. Because your husband left the sprinkler on. <laughs> I thought he did because he smelled rain. But actually, it's I, an ongoing I, joke because we don't get that much weather here. I know we don't. I told him, I said, honey, it's raining. And he go, and he gets up and he comes to see and it dried up by then. So oh, yeah, I don't know, yeah. I don't know sure what that means did. exactly. And, you know, I feel bad because we do have listeners in Ontario, Canada. Yeah, and they're getting flooded. And they're getting flooded like crazy, or were anyway, yeah. uh, because I guess they have, like, snow melt and then spring rains, and, you know, there's nowhere for it to go. The right. ground's already saturated. It runs off and into people's houses and things, and it's That's really a, ugly. I've never had a flood, but it sounds like a mess. Oh, it is. I actually moved into uh, a town when I was a kid. We moved into a town after floodwaters had receded we lived in a place called woodland washington when i was a kid okay and uh my dad was a preacher there that was his actually first church that he got to preach at i mean real church that was his to preach at cool and uh when we moved there the town had just recovered from uh the lewis river i believe it was had flooded the area and i'm telling you the people who've done this will know what I'm talking about. The ones of you that haven't won't. Um, there is nothing in the world that smells exactly like a town after a flood, except a town after a flood. It's a, it's a, it's a combination of musty, moldy, wet, yuck 
kind of smell. Oh. It's really nasty, and it does take a long time for it to dry out and yeah. go away. And especially in the, this was in the Pacific Northwest in Washington State, uh, where it doesn't really dry out that much in most of the parts of the state. There's a deserty part, but for the most part, no. So it's kind of hard for it to all dry out and everything. And I remember that. I was uh, so it was very humid. Well, it was kind of humid, but I mean to say that it, it's not like here. Right. Okay. Like in the desert where we live now. Uh, but I was, uh, eight, see, seventh, fourth grade, fourth grade, duh. Third and fourth grade. What age is that? Um, eight, six, seven, eight seven. years old. Yeah. Depending on, in my case, I was, I wasn't held back any, so I guess I was about eight years old. I remember fourth grade, I was eight years old. So in any case, um, I still remember some, oh, <clears throat> several years later, that <laughs> what that smell was. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Um, so, anyhow, we didn't get any rain. Uh, it's still in the hundreds. I don't too like hot. that. I don't do good in the heat. I, no, I don't either. But That's why we have two fans God, and air conditioner thank, going. Yeah, thank God we have air conditioning, electricity, and fans, and all that good stuff. I never, I never go through a summer in the desert, but what I think of, of our pilgrim forefathers and mothers. We were talking about that yeah. not too long ago. Can you imagine actually going from point A to point B out here in no. this heat? And us women a, having our personal problems during the month. With a, yeah, with a, with a, in a wagon train, walking along behind a wagon train or, or driving with a, baby a on your hip. mule team behind a, you know, and you're having your period and you've got a baby hanging off of you and you, Either that or you're about to give birth and you've got a baby hanging off of you, six, seven kids. I just, you know, I can't, I just can't even, I can't even go there. I don't know how no. the hell they did it. I don't know. They were some strong yes. women, strong women to, to make it, you know, across the, the open desert and the plains and. Yeah, to make it across the, the, the west, you know, from wherever the hell they were in the east. Right. To the West Coast, it must and the have snow been just and the rain and the heat. Outrageous. And Plus, they didn't have roads. No, I mean they didn't have roads. That was a roads. bumpy ass ride. They had they, you went up a mountain, you went up a mountain, you went yeah. down the mountain, you know, and you, we've all seen movies about that. Yes, but, you know until you until you get out in this heat without water someday. Forget it. I don't know it. about you, but we never go anywhere without anywhere. I mean, we go to the grocery store. We're taking our water with yeah. us always because you just never know when you're going to break down. Yeah. Car's gonna break down, you're gonna get delayed, somebody's gonna have an accident, you're gonna be stuck in traffic, whatever uh -huh. the fuck, and you're not gonna have any water to yeah. drink. And in the desert, you don't do that. No. You don't. So anyhow, that's how I've been. How about you? Hot. 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 And <laughs> sick of it. Yes, I'm ready for fall. I'm more of a fall. Yeah. And I'm waiting well, for... Well, you've got a lot coming on this fall, too. You've got the baby's birthday yes, coming up. Yes, Meemaw. Meemaw birthday party. She's going to have Meemaw. My daughter's going to be two. And Meemaw is what she Mickey calls Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Yes. So, so she's having a Mickey so Mouse So I'm planning theme. her birthday party, and I'm doing a lot of the crafts. Yeah, party you're decorations doing a good myself. job. Thank you. I think they're cute. She's made um, little Meemaw heads. I they're took styrofoam. The living room here. Oh, there's not that many. Well, there's six. No, there's six. I so have far. took two styrofoam balls, one bigger, and then two small ones, and painted them black and, and glued them and put a bow on them. And then for the Mickey Mouse, I just left them black. And for Minnie Mouse, I pinned on. Oh, I get it. The Minnie Mouse um, ones are bows. the bows. Yeah. Yes. And the plain ones don't. That's no. Cool. That's Mickey. 
That's very cool. I think that's so cute. Are you going to make a Meemaw cake, too? No, we're going to do cupcakes. Cupcakes work. I got off of, I believe it was Amazon. They're little sprinkles. And here I told our listeners in the beginning they'd never hear a cupcake recipe. Brace uh, yourself, folks. There's a well, recipe about to come up. Not the recipe. It's just little <laughs> Mickey Mouse um, uh, head sprinkles. Oh, no shit. Really? They're pink and little green. Little head sprinkles? Yes, they're so cute. Does the baby cute. know that's what they are? Can she tell? They're so She tiny. doesn't know about them. She doesn't know yet. No. Oh, my God. That is so cool. I love it. Yeah, I'm wait. just... I'm coming, you know, Grandpa and yes. Grandma coming to the... We call ourselves Grandpa and Grandma. To the baby, because I'm here all the time. I'm here three days a week, which is probably sounds kind of disgusting to the rest of you. But for us, it's working because Lacey and I go to the gym three yes. days a week where we go and uh, we should clarify that. Maybe we should tell them what we do. Should we tell okay. them what we do? We go to the gym, but we do, um, it's called whole, whole body, body vibrations. vibrations. It's a machine we stand on. And it shakes us. And it shakes us. <laughs> And it's working. Yeah, we're losing girls inches. and guys. We're losing inches. We've I've been going strength in my legs. Less than two months. Yeah, well, two and a half months. But and we the had last... two weeks off for vacation, and you guys were sick yes. one week. So the and I'm six foot two one. I know I'm a decent sized girl, and I've already lost twelve inches. So yeah. I'm like, yay! And I'm not six one, which makes it even sadder because I'm also a decent sized girl, but I'm way shorter, so I'm even decent sizeder. But, uh, and I didn't lose as many inches, but, uh, but I have the reason knee, why you were going is different too. Yeah, I have knee replacements, both knees and, uh, anybody that's ever had a knee replacement or a cut across your knee for any reason, you know that you lose some of the, uh, nerves they, because they actually, the nerves, uh, I don't know if you know it or not, but it, you know, here we're going to the medical part. <laughs> The nerves are actually long strands of stuff, and they're inside your body, okay? And in the case of your knees, your your nerves actually run from, like, way up high on your legs, down past your knees, and down okay. lower on your legs. And when they cut and operate on your knees, they sever those nerves. Right. And uh, sometimes they manage, after surgery, to find their way back to their Selves right. and reconnect and and refire and sometimes they don't and I was left with a, a large loss of tactile sensation that is to say I couldn't feel too much in my knees after my second knee surgery not so much my first but after my second one and uh, interestingly enough though it was never suggested it might be a possibility. One of the things that I've gotten out of this whole body vibration thing is those nerves have reconnected. I know. That's so awesome. I can feel my knees. I can, when I touch my knee now, I can feel me touching That's it where awesome. before I couldn't. I know it's totally good. And you also went on vacation and you got to hike up the mountain. I could hike up the mountains that before I had to use a cane and my husband had to drag me up the hill and everything like that. So my legs are stronger. Um, my bruises go away way, way, way faster. And that is for the circulation. The circulation. My blood the... circulation is way improved. So pretty much that's what I wanted out of it. And the funny it. thing is it takes us longer to get to the gym than our actual yeah, workout. Yeah, because it takes like 20 minutes to do the workout, which uh, they say is the equivalent of an hour actually like doing a treadmill or weightlifting or, iron right. or whatever the hell. And it's so like way easier. So if you and know, it works for me because I have sciatica. 
Yeah, and that you're getting relief from. Yes, and if I were to do the normal gym, I think I would aggravate it and be bed rest. And my hump is going down. Yay! You're supposed to say, what hump? What <laughs> hump? <laughs> what hump? <laughs> hump? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the the uh, the fat back, as it were, uh, right below my uh, hairline. hairline is uh, is diminishing. Uh, and I used to have like hulky shoulders, you mm-hmm, know, like, and they're going the down, hump, and they're they're diminishing too. So I find that totally cool. My my, I haven't got measured lately. We're gonna get measured next week. So we're gonna we're gonna we'll schedule that tomorrow. As to how much, how many inches we've lost. But the interesting thing about this is, it, it, it sounds probably to a lot of people that are hearing about it the first time, is they're going, yeah, right. Uh, this is actually developed by NASA yes. for the space program because uh, astronauts don't get a lot of exercise in space. And I don't know whether they use these machines up there or afterwards. I got to tell I you. I think it would have probably, to be afterwards. Yeah, I can just see them going. Before and after. That weighs how many pounds? And no. Anyhow, uh, so then there's um, sports like. Um, NFL. Yeah. Teams is what I'm trying to get yeah. the word out. Sports teams that use it, the San Diego Padres, I believe, and there are colleges that use it. Yes. And celebrities that use it. So, and if you want to know what it is, what are you looking at? Why is he frowning? Uh-huh. He doesn't like something. It doesn't look normal to him. Is it David just came in and he's looking at, at our computer. Are we're we, okay. We're okay. Okay. It's because we took a break. I hope so. All and right. I push stop, then I push record again, so it's just... It just um, looks different. Yeah. Okay. We're okay. Well, anyhow, if you're interested in what this is, and we're Google. making no money off of this, I promise you. No. But I just wanted to tell you what we're doing at the gym. It's called Whole Body Vibration. And you can Google it, and it'll tell you all about what that is. And it's real interesting stuff, it, and it works. I mean, yes. I'm happy with it, and it doesn't cost us a fortune, and it's great fun to do and i wouldn't do it if lacy didn't go with me no we're now. gym buddies so that's what we're that's why so we spilled our secret about the gym yeah i'm here three days a week because of that and then monday nights david and i podcast yes. on what we think and then tuesday nights you and i podcast yes. on don't let don't get us started and uh i don't know if we're going to start up something else again or not i jeez i hope not how many more minutes do we have before i think of starting on something I can't tell. I don't know how to do this. If it wasn't, we for only have Lacey, like seven minutes. I seven would say minutes. seven minutes is good enough time to pick on somebody. We just got through telling people we shouldn't pick on people because they have difficulties of one type or another. Right. That we should keep it to ourselves. I don't think we're going to be picking, but maybe getting a better understanding. Oh, that's a good rationale for it. Yeah. I think what we're doing is we're, I, the way I look at what we're about to do is. We're doing this in the privacy of our own home. We're making fun of conditions that we find uh, weird or obsessive taboo. or whatever or taboo. Uh, and this is not to say they're wrong, but at the same time... Uh, we giggle because we don't understand. Yeah, well, or in some cases we do understand and we still giggle. <laughs> but, but we mean it in a not... Um, what's the word I want? Harsh. Harmless right. or not harmful way. We're not saying these people are bad or should be euthanized or anything else like that. No. We're just saying, wow, that's weird. So, uh, let's see. We were talking about, <laughs> we were talking about, um, the, we just, I just learned about this like last, I don't know, year or so. There are people, many yeah. apparently, who, uh, form 
emotional and sexual attachments to inanimate objects. objects. Yes. Uh, there is a gentleman who, and, and we're not telling stories out of school here because these guys have been on TV. Okay. Yes. So it's not like, uh, it's not like we're telling you something they haven't already said. Right. Um, uh, there's a guy who's in love with his car. And you know what? Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, he, he makes love to his car. Yeah, with, well, inside his car, he. No, he goes up underneath. Um, oh, does he? Oh, I thought he said the hood the of the car, the oh. hood of the car in between the two real two wheels. Yeah, whatever. I'm not a mechanic. Sorry, guys. Oh, that's okay. He slides up underneath the car and, and he kisses the bumper because that's his car's lips. And like he goes, foreplay. oh, he goes underneath there and he masturbates, having sex with his car. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, uh, <clears throat> lends a whole new meaning to the term muffler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It can be kind of cold. Yeah. Wet in the winter. Yes. And maybe he does it in the garage. No, this was in his driveway. Yeah, and I remember his father was also in the show, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't his dad in the show and his dad was kind of... Questioning him? Yeah. Kind of yeah. wondering how that was going to pan out for them. Yeah. You know, well, now there was the movie Cars. You know, I mean, the they Disney. have great personalities. Oh, cars yes. Do. And you ask any guy, they'll tell you they love their car. Yeah. Uh, well, almost any guy. Right. Or he doesn't love his car because it's 87 Ford Taurus. What's the love? But <laughs> uh, it, it is wheels and it does get him to work and back. But, I mean, uh, guys with cool cars love oh, yeah, their GTOs. Oh, yeah, they got their buff their on and them. And what on them? Buff. You know, buff, buff, oh, they buff the pain. Yeah. Mm. Buffs themselves you know, on them too. I think he buffed I, himself on that uh, car a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was a red, what was it? Oh, I don't know it if it was a sports a, car, wasn't it? I don't it? know if it was a Mustang. I don't know, but that would be cool if it was. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. Yeah, that would be totally cool if it was a Mustang. What are you doing? I'm uh, just out buffing my Mustang. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so there's that one. And then there was a lady that got married recently. To a bridge. I heard about that. I can't remember now whether I saw that on TV. I didn't think seen so. it online. Or online. I think I saw it online. Yeah, I didn't and read all got, of like, it. she got, like, all dressed and everything. I mean, she had the wedding gown, the bouquet. I don't know who caught the bouquet afterwards. Was it maybe the crick or what? <laughs> I'm not sure. River. I guess it was a bridge over a river. I'm not sure. But, um, I mean, she, you know, she loves her bridge. Okay. She she refers to the bridge as a male personage. Okay. Uh, and calls him him. How does she feel about all the cars riding over her man? Apparently, she <laughs> thinks that's cool. Okay. I don't know exactly. I don't think she's jealous. I'd hope not because she's got uh, a problem and there. Then, and then people do walk across him also, but apparently she's so he's cool being rode on and crossed, walked across, right? And walked on, and one would have to assume he likes it. I mean. If he's happy that's what his main purpose is. <laughs> exactly, he's totally fulfilling his uh, goal in life is to be a bridge. I don't know. I don't know because and the, and she talks to him too. And this is kind of the weird part for me is you know I mean because you and I have talked about how I don't think I could do a podcast by myself because I can't imagine just sitting here talking to the mic all by myself. Right. I really kind of need to have an actual person there right? to talk to. I, I wonder what he tells her. 
Well, see, that's just it. I this car spit oil knows. on me today. I don't know. <laughs> how was your day? Oh, I was it's the pits, man. I got run over. I don't know. I have a new I, pothole, honey. I, yeah, I don't, you know, and I can, and I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm missing the point, and they would say I was, surely, uh, that I'm missing the point, because obviously this has got to be sort of a one-sided thing. I would think so. I, Base, uh, he's although, concrete and steel. Now, there was the lady that was in love with uh, the Eiffel Tower. I saw her. Oh? Too. I think I was, that one was on TV. Yeah, you know, weird people and yeah. the things they do or something like that. And she was in love with the Eiffel Tower, all 479 steps of him or whatever. And uh, I think she married him, too. This is not the same lady that married the bridge. Okay. Phew. Uh, yeah, and then there was another one who was in love with the wall, too. There's a lot of this going on. Yeah. A lot of this is going on, which is cool. I mean, I can see if you had a bad relationship with a but human. But who's going to do the dishes? Well, there aren't any dishes. The bridge doesn't fucking eat. You know, well, I mean, she can go out to eat, come back to the bridge. Okay. What's, there's no harm there. Same with the tower. You know, I mean, it's just, towers don't have dishes. Towers don't eat. <laughs> I, I think, I think though, that cheap we're, date. I think we're trying to, uh, this is going to be the wrong word, but those of you who understand it will understand why I use it. I think we're sort of trying to anthropomorphize this thing, which is, to to lend it a personage a personality that may not really be part of their plan, although the the woman does call the bridge him. Okay. The other lady called the tower him. Okay. I think the guy called his tower called his car her. her. Yes. Uh, I I think it may. And I don't remember her name. She no, had a name. I don't either. I I think it may. There may be a limit beyond which they don't carry. The, the terms of response. Right. Although the guy said that he was pretty sure his car liked all the buffing uh-huh. that he did on it. So I And he know. would get in the car and rev it up. Oh, baby, you like that? That's right. He was. Yes, he was. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I don't know. Um, because I never have it. Let me think. Was I ever in love with an inanimate object? Let me think. Before I say no, when I was a little girl, did I not love my doll? Yes, but was that my was... doll not inanimate? Yeah. Okay. Could my doll talk to me? I don't know. Could she? Could she do dishes? I don't know. No, I'm here to tell you she. I couldn't. watch a lot of hauntings, so could she? No, 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 absolutely. I've not. watched Toy Story too. You don't know what she's done when you leave the room. I know. It's like the cobbler's shoes. They may be <laughs> out doing all sorts of things when uh, when you're not looking, but. No, I, you know, I, I, now that I think about it, I, I did love inanimate objects. Why don't we say that too? Where'd you get that necklace? I loved it. Yeah. Okay. So how far do we carry that? You know, apparently not as far as some other people do. No. And so who's to say? Right. And, and, uh, I, if they were here, I'd throw rice. I think people did. We can't throw rice anymore. Yeah. You know, that's a whole bunch of bullshit too. Because they say it's not good to throw rice because it swells up in the bird's stomach and kills them. Yeah, which is bullshit because birds eat seeds. Hello? Yeah. (laughs) What's that? What's that about? I'm not sure. I don't either. So we blow bubbles now. Anyway, yeah. I liked rice. I The first time I got married, I got a picture of it. You know, Uh there's rice in our hair. It was very cute. Uh, When I got married, they I don't think we could throw rice then. They didn't throw it. No, I think they stopped that about 70 years ago. 
No, I haven't been. I'm not that old. <laughs> it's not been I'm that old, long. I'm old, but I'm not that old. Let's care. How are we doing on time? I always um, have to ask because. We're just about. What does over. that mean? Just about is a minute. We're over. We're, we're done. We're over. Okay, guys. Well, then <laughs> we, David's going to have to do a little cutting here, a little snip snip. Uh, thanks for being with us today and listening to us if you did. And uh, let us know how you feel about us. We do have uh, an email deal set up on the uh, uh, podcast. It's so simple. You just go to comments, click on comments. And but what's the web address? You, it'll take you right to the email address. All you have to do is pick which show you want to comment on. And then which episode David was so of kind enough show. to set that up. Yeah, he set that up for us, and it's so simple. A child of three can do it. Just go to, click on comments, follow the prompts, as they say, where you go to pick out which show you want to comment about and which episode of that show you want to comment about, and then type in your comment. We will read every email that comes, good, bad, or ugly. There's one of the dogs now, speaking of ugly. And... um that's about it. I'm yes. Sadie Burbank. And I'm Lacey Montoya. And we're really glad you joined us tonight. Hope we see you again soon, or at least you hear us soon. Yes. Good night. Good night. Get us started!